Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt. What should people do, I guess? Check us out on Twitter this week. Do we the twits. have a Twitter. There's just, we have like five followers or something. We have a twits. One of them is Shane Davis. So that's pretty cool. A popular, I don't know who that is. A popular or uh, kind of common DC artist. That's very cool. Yeah. So be like Shane Davis. Be like follow Shane us Davis. on Twitter to Justice Losers Pod. Or be like me and follow myself. Yeah. <laughs> Two of our followers, I'm pretty sure, are us. I don't know if I've followed us. Oh, okay. I don't go on Twitter very much. Follow us. <laughs> I mean, if we get actual like followers or like followers on the the twit the twitness, mm-hmm. then I think I might actually start like posting on Twitter. Yep. Because I. It's kind of an ugly self-fulfilling prophecy where we don't post anything there and so we don't get any followers. Yeah. So we don't post anything because we don't have an audience. Yeah. So. And also that's a good place for people to ask us questions because. It's true. It's a good place that's isolated from uh, the like the podcast episodes themselves mm-hmm. because, you know, if like someone has a question or like a response to something that happens, it's completely out of context. For right. the person who's reading just the comment. Right. And that's a problem that I've done a lot with SoundCloud, where people comment exactly. on points, and it's just like, I have no idea what you're saying. You're just like, oh, yeah, like this? Or like, it's just like, what do you mean by this? I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so, so hit us up there, and maybe we'll start posting more stuff. Yeah, there. go to Twitter and follow us and do the twits. Yep. The twarts. That's another word I almost said. Woo! <laughs> 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 That'd have been bad. Uh... uh yeah that's that what you been up to um well i mean again not that much i ordered some comics but they haven't arrived yet what'd you get uh v for vendetta and the first volume of punisher max nice get some super bloody bloody in there yeah gonna be good stuff you'll be getting those soon then yep Um, the audience will be getting them good lord oh my god i am not okay (laughs) i'm not okay today folks it's been a rough day it's it's dead week that starting this week yep and most of my professors are apparently the type of professors that squeeze in one last final right before dead week Twas the night before dead week and all through the house the college students were screaming <laughs> and my professor's a louse <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah so uh yeah so next um, week hopefully week you'll I'll, have I'll one talk of those. about those yeah I've, okay i've watched a couple more episodes of series of unfortunate events okay same same old as the past two episodes yeah pretty much it's, <laughs> it's good it's dark it's funny watch it okay <laughs> uh i have been reading an image comic series called east of west so what it is essentially is that uh the their history diverged from our history in the civil war with mm-hmm. uh, a few events that happened one was that all of the uh, Native American tribes converged into one big tribe under, I think it was the Patanka tribe. Okay. Uh, he kind of bent the knees of the rest of the tribes, and that became the Endless Nation. Uh, so that was one one difference. There was another one that I can't exactly remember that uh, kind of helped diverge. And then there was another one where a guy started leading a cult, and he'll come back a little bit later. But then, you know how the Civil War ended with like a, a treaty at Armistice, I think? Or the there was a something. There's a location that it was signed. That something was signed mm-hmm. to end the treaty. Um, a meteor actually hit that point, uh, hit oh. that city, and blew it up. And it became the kind of the center point where all these different people came and 
kind of came to an agreement of what they're of the new America of the new kind of nations of America. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, seven different nations. There is the okay. Bear with me here. The Republic of Texas. Mm-hmm. There's a Confederacy in the Union. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the PRA actually takes the West kind of chunk okay. of the United States. Uh, the PRA is the pu- Republic's no PRC. Sorry, uh, <laughs> People's Republic of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, following Mao, uh, it has the 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 Endless Nation. It has the Saint or the um, New Orleans Nation. I believe that it's led by John Freeman and oh, I'm missing one. Oh, I'm missing one. Oh no, I'm missing one. Shit. Hang on. I literally just read the volume that really covers like the differences of all of them and their histories. Hang on. I got this. Holy shit. What is it? It's not the, okay. I said the Confederacy of the Union. Uh, I'm kind of placing it. You know what? I don't care. You know what? There's another place. There's seven nations. Okay. There's another nation. So they're all, like, the leaders of each of those nations were at Armistice, and then at the exact same time while we're meeting there, a member of the uh, the Native American, the Endless Nation, mm-hmm. was preaching a prophecy, and then at the same time, that dude that started the cult mm-hmm. was preaching part of the same prophecy, but a different part. Okay. And that was two parts of a three-part prophecy that was, un- that was until 50 years later left untold, uh-huh. when Mao on his deathbed, Mao the First, because there's five... Oh, it, he continues like that. Mao's continue. Mao the first finishes the last bit of the prophecy in his little red book. Okay, which people, if people are familiar, it's like kind of like quotes and stuff by Mao that quotes and proverbs and yes, communist propaganda. Like yeah. So that fulfilled the prophecy, and, and it's all about the. It's like considered the word in quotes. It's all about the apocalypse. Okay. The four horsemen are kind of the cent or are the center of this storyline. Mm-hmm. Um. Until up like right now, it's still unknown. Your computer event just turned on. <laughs> Even still, with like the st- the issues that are still coming out, uh, we don't know how this happened. But I, know I need this open. Yeah, <laughs> uh, three of the horsemen died. Death did not. Uh, we don't I know what that makes sense. We don't. Well, not necessarily. They all like in nineteen ninety. I think was the first appearance of the apocalypse of the four horsemen Mm -hmm. and they like fucked some shit up i think and then three of them died but death didn't because he avoided it because he fell in love with mal the fifth's daughter Mm -hmm. uh and they had a kid and that's kind of part of the prophecy it started it slowly reveals the prophecy as it goes okay um so you got like and there and the other three conquest pestilence and war are all reincarnated as like 10 year old kids Mm -hmm. so you got Three kids, which are literally the four horsemen, hunting down <laughs> death because he betrayed them. Interesting. And it's a really cool... It's like, you got leaders of the different nations. You got the Chosen, which are, like, specifically the... They're not... They can be... They Some of them are leaders, and some of them are, like, associated high up in each of the nations mm-hmm. to help bring about the apocalypse. At the end of year one, you see... The son of death and Zolian, I think is how you pronounce her name, do stuff. All that to say, so that's the concept of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool. It takes a lull at the end of year one, which is kind of like issues 11 through 13. It kind of like mm-hmm. drags a little bit. But then once the kid like basically stands up, then it's like it starts to amp up again. 
I believe they're releasing issue 34 coming up soon. Like, I think they're monthly or bi-monthly. Okay. So. Cool, cool. Wait, no. Bi-monthly is two, a month, two times a month. I think it's every two months. Okay. No, it's not. I think it is bi-monthly. Yeah. That's right. Semi-monthly is, I think. No. I don't know. It doesn't Who matter. Knows? Who knows? And Who that's cares? Not important. I recommend you read it. Uh, if you have experience reading comics. Because it's kind oh. of really far out there. It's something that, like, the art style is jarring if you have not had the experience of, to be able to adapt to a different art style as quickly. Mm-hmm. And the concepts are kind of out there. Okay. So if you if this is your first comic book, you're going to have some tough time. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's really good. Sounds good. Sounds good. I thought of something else I did this week. I went and saw a little independent movie. Um, Affinity uh, Wars? Avengers, Affinity Battles? Avengers, the, the Battles of Affinity. The Battles of Affinity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we saw Infinity War. Yes, we did. It was good. We also put a review out. We so put a review out. I posted a written review last night, too. It's good. Yep. It's very good. Yes, I'm I know my review is very good. Yes. I'm going to see it again, the review <laughs> that is. Yes. Tomorrow night with Gage. Mm-hmm. In case you can't tell, my voice sounds weird. I've been sick for like the past week, and I yeah. am also just super tired. Yep. <laughs> Pretty sure I said that already. I think you probably did, but Holy it's okay. Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. Yes, it is. Uh, faking okay. Here we go. All right. News. <laughs> News. Uh, not much. The, I mean, Infinity War is making a bunch of money, but that's, we've Stranger done Things, for a long time. Stranger Things Season 3 is under production. Yep. Very exciting. Awesome. I'm Probably excited. Won't get it for like a year, but okay. Uh, I think it's, oh, never mind. That's when, never mind. There was a date that popped up on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's when it's going to release. Wait, that's April 2018. That's yeah. this month. That's when they started. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get it like summer next year or something. Yeah, who knows? Which is fine. I mean, at yeah. least they're doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited that they are. <laughs> and there's new characters. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Sure. They're bringing in, uh, what's his name? Whose name I'm completely blanking on at the moment, but the guy from Princess Bride. Leonard Nimoy. Yes, that's it. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> Not that he's Nimoy's dead ghost. or anything. <laughs> uh, Carrie Elwes. Carrie Fisher? Yes, her too. All right. She's wow, I keep dead, going dead. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> uh, who else is dead? Abraham I Lincoln. I don't know anyone that's dead. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Okay. This joke is was yep. done. Yep. After it's I said done. it's done. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Venom. <laughs> we got trailer? a Venom trailer, like an actual full trailer. Okay, so we can actually discuss this a little bit. Yeah. Real quick, what'd you think? I liked it. I am so stoked for this. Okay. I'm glad they didn't like wait till the last ep- last trailer to actually show what Venom looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also glad they filled it filled in the blanks from the trailer or from the teaser, like. When those cars were flipping, people were like, why are those cars flipping? It showed you why. Yeah. And then when he was like screaming on the bed, everyone's like, is he scream- screaming on the bed? And that shows you why. So there's right. two points where it's like, that's clearly something completely related to what's happening explicitly with the mm-hmm. with the Venom, with the symbiote or symbiote. Is that how they, how they pronounce it in the movie? Symbiote? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Symbiote. 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 Mm-hmm. We're done with that uh i'm so tired uh but yeah no it i like i like that it filled in those blanks so there's Mm -hmm. no more like stuff from the teaser where you're like what's going on 
on, you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Do you think Carnage is going to show up? I'm 85% sure. Me too. There's two, uh, fucking, there's two symbiotes mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Obviously one of them is going to turn into Carnage. Yeah. Uh. And what else is Woody Harrelson going to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's he's going to play Cletus yeah. Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. I love that name. Uh, <laughs> do you, are you concerned that it's going to end up being like every other Marvel movie where it's a bad version of the good guy? No, because good they're guy. willing, they're willing to go R rated. Um, so it means that they're going to take some more risks. It may end up being that like strictly in terms of the very macro structure. Yeah. But I think in the details, it's going to differentiate itself enough to be interesting. Okay. Like, I mean, Black Panther was ultimately a bad version of the good guy is the villain at the end. But that one, it's in the details and it's in the story and characters that it distinguished itself. Yeah. And I think this one at least has a chance to do the same. The biggest thing, the biggest concern I have is it's going to end up, at least maybe like the third act is going to end up a lot like the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. where it's, you got this guy, this either government or top, like, executive kind of guy, mm-hmm. who turns someone else into a, diff- a bad version of the good guy and pins the, pits them against each other. Yeah. Like. That's entirely possible. I hope they don't do that. No. I, I don't I really don't want to see very much of that guy, that executive dude. Mhm. Cuz this isn't a movie that I want to see businessy stuff. Yeah, it looks like though we're going to be getting a lot of like undercover journalism and um corporate espionage type stuff. I mean, we have we've had movies where like we get full we get these trailers that look like they're a, a bunch of the movie and it turns out it's in the first 5 minutes. It's true. That could be this. Yeah, entirely. <sighs> Excuse me. Like, a lot of this is Tom Hardy freaking out because there's black goo talking to him and attacking people. I love the voice. It sounds a little James Earl Jonesy for me. I'm not 100% on board yet. I like it. Okay. I, I like that it's just like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Who, who's the voice actor? I don't remember. Maybe it's Woody Harrelson. No. Oh, okay. It's not Woody Harrelson. Okay. Um, I think, actually, for me, the, the biggest problem I'm having is I'm having trouble overcoming this idea of Tom Hardy being sort of this wimpy guy because he's he usually plays such like physically imposing tough it characters. It looks like they're he, they're not making him super wimpy. It looks like they're kind of because when he when he talks to the guy or when he's talking to you know the executive, I just yeah. remember his name. He's like, "Was that a threat?" And then he kind of keeps pushing forward. That's mm-hmm. not a wimpy guy kind of thing. That's like if you're being threatened by an executive. I would definitely pansy out, go down the elevator, and run. Yeah, but like but, he was just like, "Was that a threat?" And he's kind of like pushing forward. Okay, I'm I'm thinking in particular of like the he's the, not muscular and beats everyone up. Well, no, like I mean. He's Tom Hardy. He's pretty muscular and can beat people yeah. up. Like, did you ever hear the story about how Tom Hardy, like, chased down a purse snatcher and beat him up and pinned him down? No. He did. Someone someone grabbed someone's purse and Tom Hardy saw it and he just, did like, you hear the story about Tom's the, the story? <laughs> <laughs> I love when people do that. Yep. It's like, did you hear about this thing that happened? And you, like, say what happened yep. and you're like, well, now I did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good Tom Hardy. Good on yep. you, mate. Yep. But, um... I don't know, just kind of his mannerisms and voice. It feels like he's not a very assertive character. Well, um, I mean, then that's going to show his... I mean, that's something that... That's that's a personal problem, sir. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's that's fine. That works really well, that dynamic between this non-assertive guy and then the, the Venom yeah. symbiote. Sim, sim, symbiote. 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 
symbiote there it is symbiote between um the the host and the symbiote um and so but the problem is i don't really buy tom hardy in that role it might just be a, me not getting used to that yet yeah but he's he usually seems more of the like a dominant force okay. so i think it's just a personal barrier i need to get over yeah so get over your tom hardy crush yeah no I, I cannot i refuse okay <laughs> uh anything else in that that i noticed uh nope do you think the actual venom design at the end looked good yes okay uh good. why i was just checking i mean i've never seen a good venom no yeah. one's seen a good venom like this is the first yeah. one that doesn't look like like he talks Mm-hmm. And his tongue does the thing. That didn't happen in Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. In Spider-Man 3, it was like, hey, look, creepy, weird-looking face. And then it would peel back weirdly, and then yeah. he would talk. Yeah. I like this. I like... is You're going to have to do some research on Venom. Yes, I will. <laughs> it's okay. I've got like six months to do it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, that's that could that was kind of my structure for reading a lot of comics. It was like, if I needed to research something, I would just go ahead and get books of it. Oh, or no. just research it online. I mean, yeah, I can always just Wikipedia stuff. Yeah. But no, I'll, I'll see if I can find some Venom to get around to reading it. Okay. Because he's supposed to be a very fun character to read, too. Yeah. This doesn't look super funny. No. It was said that it was supposed to be kind of like dark humor. There was a little bit of that. Like the, now why would we do that yeah, line? Yeah, but that's like, that's just a line. That's not, I mean, like, movies that are funny, you'll see funny jokes. In yeah, there. I don't I don't think it's going to be funny. I think that what they mean by that is the humor that there will be, just because there's usually humor mm-hmm. in superhero movies. Yeah. Um, the the humor in this one will be especially dark. Okay. Sure, no, fine by me. Yep, works for me. Yep, all right. Anything else you want to say about that? Uh, I don't think so. Any other news? Nope, I don't, I don't think I have any more news. All right, on to the topic. Okay, on to the topic. So today's topic is, I guess in a sentence, how fan base, how fan bases or fandoms can affect the perception of the content itself. Yep. And, you know, and generally just fan bases. I'm just talking about fan bases. Just spitballing about fan bases here. Yep. Uh, so where do you want to start? I like fans. They keep me cool in the summer. They're really nice. I like those really big fans that there's actually a company called Big Ass Fans. I like it. And it's awesome. And like their motto is like a donkey. If they're big, they probably have to have a really big fan base to keep them upright. There we go. We did it. <laughs> this this 30 second bit has paid off for that pun. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess we can start off with one with the one that was like specifically recommended or asked to talk about. Mm hmm. For this episode, which is Supernatural. Yeah. Neither of us know anything about Supernatural. I have seen just, like, the periphery of that yeah. that whole fandom. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's it's kind of an obsessive group, it seems like. It's, it's okay, it, and this is obviously, like, a lot of these fandoms, if you're part of the fandom or, like, a huge, like, honestly, we could talk about DC fandom. We, we should we talk about, we'll will. get to there. We'll get yeah. to, like, the, the conflict between DC and Marvel fandom and sure. stuff like that. But for right now, if you're part of a fandom and we say something that seems like really generalized or short-sighted, mm-hmm. fucking sorry. Like people call DC fandoms nerds, and I'm, I think I'm cool. Eh, shit, that just like cemented <laughs> it, didn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. No. Shit. If if we if we criticize a fan base, we're not criticizing you. We I'm I at least intend to talk quite a bit about the Rick and Morty fan base, oh, but God. I love that show. Yeah, no, like, 
it's, and I, I think it's too intellectual for most people so like yeah. our fan like <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, way to go <laughs> we'll get into it okay uh so supernatural from what i've seen it seems to be a lot of females obsessed with those two dudes i think there is a fair bit of that <laughs> like, um because the only thing only time i ever see like the i saw the uh there's a post going around recently it's like what if the two dudes i don't actually know their names i feel like nate is one of the names but i'm totally pretty wrong. sure it's not i could be totally i'm probably <laughs> wrong i'm definitely wrong yep but what if these two guys were captain america and iron man and i was like sure i i don't know them yeah this means nothing to me yep i mean it's uh from what i have seen and from what i've understood in my brief bit of research that i did for this episode um it seems like that's one of those fan bases where it has really hardcore obsessive fans but it tends not to be a super toxic community yeah like i, I definitely don't get the overbearing sense. like okay we'll put uh, kind of in our position we are surrounded and we actively seek out seek out anything pop culture related which mm-hmm. would be supernatural yeah and i don't get bombarded with fandoms like there's absolutely tumblr tumblr feeds oh yeah of yeah that stuff. like you, you go back we also had it requested to talk about um what is it super who lock super yeah super who lock by liz Which yeah is the, the mashup of of supernatural and doctor who, doctor who and, and sherlock sherlock and i think those three fandoms kind of encapsulate this thing that we're talking about where it's like it's obsessive it's it's got a very strong core of devoted fans but it, it's not a terribly toxic fan base i think i think supernatural is more obsessive than supernatural or than uh than Sherlock and uh, Doctor Who. I think... I feel like I've... Proportion-wise, if I'm talking to a fan of one of those three, it is highly more likely that the person who's a Supernatural fan will tell me to watch Supernatural. Okay. I don't feel I've... I mean, my fucking roommate and best friend is a uh, Doctor Who fan, and he only has told me, like, once or twice to watch Doctor Who, Mm -hmm. which is surprising. It's based on the fact that he has, like, two Doctor Who posters in his room. (laughs) Um, Okay. And I I honestly haven't met any Sherlock fans, so... (laughs) I mean, I've I've watched all of Sherlock. I I think part of the problem with Sherlock is it does not come out very often, and the seasons are very short, and so there's, like, a brief focused bit of attention when a new season drops, Uh but then after that, it kind of just fades out of existence for a couple years. Yeah. Okay. Um... Is it always the same Sherlock? Has it always been about ben- yeah, ben- Batch, Cumberdick, and yeah. uh, Bilbo? Farton Reeman. Farton Reeman. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him that from now on. Oh, good. Farton Reeman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I totally see what you're saying, and I agree that they're not a toxic community. Yeah, it's not one where I, like, I, I see the show and I'm like, oh, that looks like an interesting show. Maybe I should watch that sometime. And then I see the fans and I, I back away. No, I see, no. I see the fans and I'm like... That looks like a fun group of people. It looks like a people that take their entertainment a little too seriously, but it doesn't look like a group of people I wouldn't want to be associated yeah. with. And there's no one... Uh, we can segue into two different fan bases with either what you said or what I said, and we can decide when we get, when we get through okay. it. But there's, there's no... If you say that you like that fan base, there's no conflict with it. Yeah. There's no one that's like, oh, fuck you, I hate who your fan base is. It's just like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, right. it's... Neat. The, they seem like to be the good side of the, the because, deeply invested yeah, fan bases. Because, like, there's Trekkies and Warsies, and then there's DC and Marvel. 
There, mm-hmm. Like, there's a conflict that, like, yeah. there are people in a fan base, if they meet a person of the of, of another fan base, they will be like, fuck you, mine is better. I think we've picked which one we're going to segue to. <laughs> I mean, we can go through yours. We can go to Rick and Morty. We'll get to it later. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, but that, that, that's, a con- that's a conflict I see annoyingly often as a very in-depth for, uh, fan of DC. Yeah. That, like... There are people who get belligerently competitive. Right. I think that's the problem where you have a very clear dichotomy that splits a particular market uh-huh. just in two ways. Yeah. So DC it, Marvel split comics. Star Wars, Star Trek kind of spits. Kind of <laughs> splits. <laughs> TV or TV movies. Like big sci-fi stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although Star Trek and Star Wars are very different. They're so. very different, and they're on different mediums. Yeah. Like, people don't think of the Star Trek movies. Not so much, when no. You, when you think of Star Trek, you think of the shows, and when you think of Star Wars, you think of the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah, mostly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so, like, there's a there's a conflict, and I, can, and I could almost say that there is toxicity in dc marvel uh as someone who faces it a lot like there are people who actively tell me that dc sucks right and honestly sometimes it's like it's people who aren't even like marvel fans it's people Mm -hmm. who think that batman hang on know that batman versus superman (laughs) sucks and they're like dc sucks and it's like okay i I will Um. break this down for you movies and comics do not reflect each other's quality right there is a huge difference like marvel has had so many shit comics. Yeah. And if you ask someone who is well-versed in both Marvel and DC, the general agreement is that Marvel has better movies because yep. they put their dedication to that, and DC has better comics. Right. DC has, for the duration of superhero comics, literally the duration, because Superman was first, Right. has driven comic the comic world. Yeah. yeah. Um, they drove, they basically determined when the different ages ended. Mm-hmm. They basically determined what makes good superheroes. They started doing events and resets and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they've, dri- they've, they're the driving force mm-hmm. behind the comic world, but I'm not saying that Marvel sucks, right? <laughs> That's the important point to make. You can pick one or the other that you want to prefer that mm-hmm. you want to devote your attention and your time to. You have picked DC. Yep. That DC is... picked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your your respective your, your respective <laughs> company can can choose you and, and abduct you in the middle of the night and brainwash you. Brainwash you for hours on end. But, it didn't but take the point long. is that they're like Nightwing and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> that does not give you the right to hate the other one. Exactly. I'm mean, honestly like you shouldn't hate the other one. While I talk about how vastly different they are, they're also, like, if you zoom out just a little bit, they're incredibly the same. Yeah. Like, they have the exact same characters, regardless yeah. of DCK first. Uh, well, yeah, but... <laughs> and it, it's not to say that, like, Marvel is bad at comics. They've had plenty yeah, of iconic storylines and really good stuff out there. Yeah, and it's... It's a... It's something that would actually... Like so, kind of the original question is like, how does how do fan bases affect the perception of mm-hmm. the actual content? Is this can scare people away? Yeah. If like they're like, hey, I like DC, and they're like, what's good about DC? And then you get like one of those Marvel fan base articles where it's like DC blows. Yep. Or and it's just like, or fuck, you get those know. those DC fanboys 
who are like so obsessive that they're like Marvel is terrible and they only get good reviews because they pay off Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. Yeah. You get those those kinds of crazy people like that who are saying yeah. things like that because they, they are unwilling to believe that the, the, the enemy team can actually be good. Yeah. And it's something I said a long time ago that we're all brothers and sisters in nerddom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to if you want to get angry about a, a a team, follow sports. Yeah. <laughs> that's Ooh, if you want to talk something... about fandoms. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. That, that that's something like maybe it is that nerd culture doesn't have an obvious sort of sports to get into and so some they need something else to obsess about and they get yeah. really into this and they need that there, there's at least a strong subset that needs that competitiveness in their mm-hmm. lives. They're just people that need that yeah. sense of competition. And so they artificially create one where there shouldn't be one. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you don't see with, uh, and like, like we've said, just kind of recapping, it's something you don't see with like Sherlock, Dr. Who and, uh, supernatural. No, if you were to like be, I want to get into Dr. Who, then you'd look it up and it'd mm-hmm. be like just a community. That's like, Hey, Dr. Who's great. Yeah. And like Supernatural's great. Yeah, you're not gonna find Sherlock fans saying, Oh, don't watch Doctor Who. Yeah. You'd be like, Yeah. I mean watch Sherlock first, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so And you get that you get that less so with Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that tends to be more people comparing which one is a more I guess powerful cultural force or important cultural force. Yeah. Because the comparison tends to be a lot of, well, Star Trek, it explores these deeper ideas um, and the, these sort of more socially relevant themes. Yeah. But if you want action, it's so boring. Yeah. You don't go to Star Trek for action. No. Basically, it's like, if you want if you want accurate and boring, go to Star Trek. If you want dumb and exciting, go to Star Wars. Yeah. They're apples and oranges. Yeah. They're, they're just completely different opposite. both start with star. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> it's just, it, it's very convenient for comparison because they sound so similar yeah. but but no like on the on the i guess within the the very hard out there sci-fi type stuff they're just on complete opposite sides of the spectrum in terms yeah. of what they're trying to accomplish yeah so trying to find a competition between them is just uh, it doesn't make sense yeah but people do it anyway speaking of star wars though that's a that's a fandom that can get kind of aggressive as we discovered this past winter god damn <laughs> I talked about it with my mom outside. I was like, yeah, we're talking about, I kind of explained the, uh, this episode. And I was mm-hmm. like, like how Star, fan, Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. Yeah. She was confused. So, mom, listen in on this part and yep. we will explain. She pe- pe- pokes her head in the door. I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen a fan base hate with such passion such a large percentage of what makes up their content. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between, like, um, people hate. Like, someone can hate, like, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, there's an episode you can absolutely hate. Sure. That's a small percentage. Yeah. There are eight movies out, nine, nine movies out, mm-hmm. and you hate with such a passion more than 10% of your entire franchise. Yeah. I don't think that you're uh, the Star Wars fan that you think you are. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> the one the one that gets me is people who say, George Lucas ruined my childhood. No. George Lucas made three really bad movies that came out during, well, two really bad and one okay movie that came out during your childhood, but what ruined your childhood was being the sort of person who thinks that bad movies can ruin your childhood. Yeah, it's, people need to understand that you go to a movie to see someone else's, 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 someone else's <laughs> vision. This is something that drove me nuts when uh, 
people were like, I mean, you ruined Star Wars because you can't do this with the Force. It's like, they can do what the fuck they want. They've, it's their movie. They've added a new Force power basically every movie. Yeah. So complaining about whichever new one comes out is just... It's like, that's not how the Force works. It's like, okay, how the fuck does the Force work then? Yeah, you explain it, Tell nerd. me how the Force works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. It's because you're really tired. <laughs> like, fucking, you explain it, nerd. Just the way you said nerd was like 10 times funnier than it should have been. Anyway. Anyway. But that's something that like, uh, there was a YouTube video I watched where it was like, Star Wars The Last Jedi ruined Star Wars mm -hmm. because of this reason, this reason, this reason, and this reason that was also in Star Wars Episode 7, mm -hmm. which ruined Star Wars for this reason, this reason, this reason, which was also in Star Wars Episode 3, which ruined Star Wars for this reason, and then went all the way back yeah. to how Star Wars Episode 4 ruined Star Wars. Yeah. it's the, the, the point is, it's this complicated universe with this bizarre mythology and unclear rules, and so if you're going to complain about specifics like that mm -hmm. if you're going to play complain about i don't know a perceived lack of internal consistency in yeah say how the force works you don't understand what you're dealing with yeah you're not understanding with you're not dealing with a real thing you're dealing with an, a created world designed for your entertainment yeah and uh there's a lot of stuff like something that actually really drives me nuts is i i have a coworker that hates Star Wars with a burning passion. And he is doing his best to try to convince me to hate Star Wars The Last Jedi. That I'm not on board with. You are allowed to hate Star Wars The Last Jedi. But You're do stupid not if you think so. Yeah. But <laughs> but do not try to convince someone else to have a have your opinion. Yeah. That's literally like you can you can argue your opinion, you can say why your opinion's right, but trying to like actually get someone else to change their opinion they know what they think yeah and it's it's like i mean he he loved star wars up until now like but mm -hmm. he that but that that's that's the point where the fan base is ruining the potential for that for their content mm -hmm. uh it's actively seeking out and telling people not to go watch their own content yeah which is fucking flabbergasting <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm actually really worried about how the the backlash to last jedi is going to affect episode nine yeah because judging by episode seven jj abrams is probably going to err on the safe side anyway yeah and given the level of divisiveness that last jedi brought it seems like he's going to be really unafraid to take take any risks and try to win back the fan yeah base. and it's just going to end up being kind of a bland movie yeah. And we're going to end up looking back at this trilogy in 20 years and saying... That was a roller coaster. Yeah. Be like, <laughs> well, 8 was the only whoa, really good whoa! one. So that's what that's what I worry about is is this extreme reaction. Like, because people are complaining a lot about Last Jedi a lot because it's, it's so different from the originals. Because it, it takes not even liberties. It just... It, it, it does approach, its own fucking thing. Yeah, it, it, it takes this universe and it takes it in a new direction. And it's interesting, and I think it's very consistent with what's come before. It's just sort of an extension of some different ideas and focus on some different ones. Um, but people complain because it doesn't feel like the Star Wars movies they watched when they were a kid. Yeah. You still have those movies. You can go back and watch those. But Star Wars is going to die if you don't take it in new and interesting directions. Yeah, and, and there's like... People who say Star Wars Last Jedi ruined Star Wars, it didn't go back in time. 
and put something like a Jar Jar in episode five. Although George Lucas did. <laughs> the <Okay. special> <laughs> but it didn't it didn't ruin Star Wars. No. If you didn't like the movie, it made a bad movie, if okay. that. Okay, it didn't ruin Star Wars. Yeah, no, you still <laughs> you still got your original trilogy. Just go back and watch your original tril- mm-hmm. trilogy, you pretentious bitch. There we go. Sure, that one's better. I said a naughty that you shouldn't say on the internet. <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep it out. Maybe. <laughs> That's too much work. It was like, well, it was like a, <laughs> that came out. And you realized it as it was coming out. I realized, out. I was like, yep. oh, that's not a word I should say. Yeah. At um, least it wasn't racist. Yep. It was sexist. Yeah. <laughs> it's not better. Nope, not really. Anyway. Anyway, uh, last point I want to make on Star Wars is... Ryan Johnson got death threats after this movie. That is insane. That this is entertainment, people. This is and this, this is, does not hurt you. Let this, this does not change your life. Let this sink in. Someone made a movie, and then that movie's fan base threatened that person. Yeah, that is not the fan base. And that, I mean, most of the world, at least most of the American culture is obsessed with Star Wars. So there's not really like a non-fan base segment to be turned on or off. Uh-huh. If they're not watching Star Wars, it's because they're not going to watch Star Wars. Yeah. But that sort of behavior does not make you look good, does not make me more inclined to get involved with that fan community. Like, uh, if a person was like, hey, I want to kind of get... I'm going to see... After like this episode 9 comes out, they're like, okay... I didn't do what I wanted when I was a kid. This will be like someone in like 20 mm-hmm. years. I didn't do it when I was a kid. There's these new movies coming out. I think I'll go get into it now. And then they go like, Star Wars, episode eight. And it's like, director receives death threat from Star Wars fans. Like, Sh- shit. Yeah. Dude. No. Like, nothing happened with Star Trek like that. Uh, I'm sure it did. Mm. I don't know. But not as like high key i I get yeah because i think star wars is more of a central part of the cultural imagination here um uh anything else on star wars uh, i think that's all i had for star wars that was a good yawn uh i want to do rick and morty now we should talk about the epitome of toxic fan bases god damn i hate other fans yeah. I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. Yeah, no, I I love that show. It's fascinating. Yeah. But goddamn, I hate the people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Szechuan yeah. sauce is not that great. <laughs> like, the people... They, no, it's the really not. The thing is, like, I think the problem that Rick and Morty has is it makes jokes, and it does some really interesting thematical and science fiction kind of stuff. Yeah. But people go extreme on the jokes. Like, mm-hmm. Szechuan sauce... Holy shit, Szechuan sauce, and none of the like. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you fucked up your whole universe and you had the opportunity to go, like what? None of that stuff. It's like let's go get Szechuan sauce. Yeah, let's make a petition, and then I, let me scream. Let me stand on top of the this counter in McDonald's and scream that I'm Pickle Rick and demand Szechuan sauce. Yeah, uh, and that happened. We've we've all seen the screenshots and the memes of. Of people who are like, Rick and Morty is too intellectual for most people. They don't get it. They don't get the jokes. If they don't like it, it's because they're dumb and they don't deserve to watch it. I am a true lonely intellectual. Only I can understand the show. For one thing, that is the cringiest thing of all time. If you want everyone to hate you, that's exactly what you say. Tell everyone how dumb they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, also, 
if you have to say I'm an intellectual, you're, you're not, not an, an intellectual. intellectual. You're you're a stuck up 15 year old who read about philosophy on Wikipedia, or you're a stuck up 27 year old who's in his mom's basement reading about philosophy, reading on about Wikipedia. philosophy. On Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I just imagine that I'm an intellectual. <laughs> I am more intellectual than everyone else. I'm spitting everywhere, and that's part of the thing. You got to yeah. get the retainer. Oh yes, but. I just it's baffling I, I I'd want to say that I don't understand at all how that fan base can exist and not realize it's that that segment of the fan base can exist and realize it's such a self-parodying cesspool but it, you think about sort of the character that Rick is I, I did a little background reading and read a few articles that have thought about this particular question before mm-hmm. why are Rick and Morty fans so terrible and so you look at the particular character of Rick and he is sort of this uber nihilistic um mentally ill cynical hardened monster and there are people and he's he's smarter than everyone yeah and there are people who feel like that applies to them pro tip if that if you feel like that applies to you seek professional help yeah if you if you relate to rick or morty you should seek professional help yeah Probably more so Rick. Well, more, definitely more so Rick. He's like an outright psychopath. Because if you, I mean, if you're relating to Morty, then you mm-hmm. definitely have like a genius abusive grandfather. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah. we call the police there. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, Rick is not supposed to be a character you 100% identify with. You're supposed to get bits and pieces of it, and you're supposed to sort of appreciate it from a distance, but... If you get that heart and soul invested in a character of that particular type, I think for one thing that says something about who you are. You're a person with some issues that you probably need addressed. Yeah. And <laughs> um, and then, of course, if you're the sort of person that's going to get that invested in a character, you're going to get really toxic and really um, hyper-defensive about that, that show and that character. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Something that I noticed is that there are people who, like, it It almost feels like the same people that are, like, the that are saying, I'm an intellectual, this show's mm-hmm. for intellectuals only, but there's jokes that, I mean, I like the show, there's jokes that go over my head, but then there's jokes sure. that I get. There's a line where he's like, save it for the semantics, bo- or sem- semantics dome, E.B. White. Mm-hmm. No one understood that joke that I that I've met. But I understood that joke because mm-hmm. E.B. White once said, "If a joke is like a frog, if you're analyzing it, it's already dead." That joke <laughs> is in there because if you don't get it, you go look at that, and it tells you that you're killing the joke. Mm-hmm. That joke tells you that you killed the joke, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and like, this is a show with a ton of jokes. You don't have to get them all. Yeah, and there's. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I don't. There's, I'm, there's definitely jokes I don't get. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of obscure literary. There's a line that and... makes fun of that actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like it. Uh, he's like, man, that's the something something to our something something. Mm-hmm. And then the two kids laugh, and he's like, uh, you like that joke? You like that joke? I made it up. Think for yourselves. Don't be sheep. And it walks away. <laughs> it's telling everyone that laughs along with jokes that they don't get. Yeah. To think for themselves. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. How many of the, the so-called intellectuals of the Rick and Morty fan base do you think actually get all the jokes? Oh, none. <laughs> I I can almost guarantee that even like uh, Dan Roiland and or Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland don't even get their own jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 
Oh boy. It's oh, it's bad. And that's one that has very definitely driven people away from that watching one, the that show. That one is that one is the epitome of the fa- the toxicity of the fan base has permeated culture and run people away from the fan or from yeah. the from the content. Yeah. That was a sentence of big words. It was a good sentence. I, I like I, that I, I really liked that sentence. <laughs> it's, it's it's a true sentence. This is. <laughs> This is one the, like it is. Like, I, such wanna, a, I wanna think of that sentence again. It was a lot of big. The Rick and Morty is the epitome of a show where the fan base is perm. Or no, the toxicity of the fan base has permeated the culture, and run people away from the content. There you go. I like big words. I'm a smarty. <laughs> I'm an intellectual, and this is only for an intellectuals only. If you're yeah. not intellectual, then you don't get to listen to this. Yep, if you don't understand, you don't you don't understand what we're talking about because we're too intellectual we're for too you. Intellectual for you. Yep. I bet you don't even know we're what Batman's real name is. We're too intellectual for the real world, Tooth which is pain. why we live in our mother's basements. <laughs> there was just so much happening in that, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> You're going to hear my jokes when you edit it, and then I've, I'll go Did back and listen. truce pain? It's a truce pain. <laughs> truce pain. <laughs> anyway, Rick and Morty fans, stop. <laughs> Batman's real name is Tooth Pain. <laughs> For villains, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, Rick and Morty, fucking, like, if you're a fan, don't be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, the problem is, though, these people want to drive away viewers. They want it to be their own isolated thing. They don't understand the concept of how TV shows work, that they need a large amount of viewers to watch the show. Mm-hmm. So they're like, if you're not intellectual, don't watch the show. This is my only show. Why don't I have a season four? Yeah. I fucking wonder why. <laughs> Cause yeah. Cause you're the only one that can watch it. Yep. You donut. <laughs> donut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, is there another fan bases that we should think about? I'm sure that there are literally dozens, but Lord I can't of the think Ring. Of Lord of the Rings has book readers elitists this is true i don't like them like you I, struck me as one initially but you are not no i you I love that the I've, movies i think they're great you accept that i've only seen the movies I, and it, allow me to not understand it, 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 it hurts me a little bit in some very deep and tender places that i didn't <laughs> know existed but i can tell myself to be fine with it because you enjoy these movies you enjoy this world you enjoy this story and i think that that is a positive good for lord of the rings whether or not you have read the books the thing is like i haven't read the books but i've done the research mm-hmm. like there's a lot of that i don't know about the books but there's stuff that i know that are in the books that aren't in the movies right um i read i mean i read a quarter of the simile sim- 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 the similes Right. Uh, the similes and the metaphors. <laughs> it probably would be because Tolkien was a linguist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I understand, like, the, the valor and the... Uh, hmm, my my R. R. There we go. Yeah. Got it. I knew it was coming. Yeah. You know some of that backstory stuff that yeah. not your average movie watcher would get. Yeah. And there's, and there's references to it in the movies. Mm-hmm. That, like, you go back and watch and, like, I know yep. who that is. But you don't even... I you know don't who even... the weeping woman is. I know it now. But you don't even know need to know that to justify the fact Loving that you the, yeah. like these movies. Like I, I will argue until my dying breath that the books are vastly better and that everyone should read them. I, but these are great movies, and I'm just excited that people care. I think one of the reasons I haven't read the books is because when I tried to read the books first, it was when I was terrible at actually reading like books. Uh-huh. Well, no, hang on. No, it was when I was terrible at reading books physically. Because if you look at my 
bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Like, you, well, first of all, you got like nine shelves of comics, yeah, and then comics, you got the okay. bottom shelf of like the actual things. Like, mm-hmm. I have the Odyssey in there. I don't know why, but it's in there. Interesting. <laughs> Make your um, bookshelf look a little more intellectual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rick, there's a Rick and Morty comic in there. That's what makes it intellectual. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, but no, yeah. So if you look at it, you got like three and two that mm-hmm. are like really clean, and then one which has like carpenters tape, packaging tape, all holding the the binding <laughs> together. Because I would just destroy the fuck out of my books. Yeah. But now, like that, I have comics and I care for them. Like I understand. Like, don't touch my comics. Yep. You I understand. Be careful. Yeah. yeah. So I might just get. So I might just get like Audible sponsored. Yeah. Or not. There we go. Pay us. Pay us, Audible. You pay everyone. We, we mentioned you in our podcast, like, unprompted. Unprompted? Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm probably going to get, like, Audible paycheck. and listen to the books. Yeah, that'd be good. Because, like, they're Harry not... Potter has it. Sorry, continue. I, I was going to say, they're... they're... <laughs> we're, we're, let's get to I Harry like, Potter. Like, let's, get to, let's get to Harry Potter in I a like second. I, like, down, too, when I, I, I realized I, I interrupted. I remember it, I wanted to talk about that. But... When I interrupted you, I, like, crunched out. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, the I think the trouble with the Lord of the Rings book is that they're not super easy reads there's yeah, a lot of definitely there's harder. a lot of sitting and talking and a lot of singing and it's deliberately written in kind of an archaic style uh-huh. because tolkien wanted him to be sort of mythic yeah um if you want mythic read the fucking silmarillion <laughs> that's for sure read i don't know if reads the word attempt uh, yeah <laughs> I, I, I have never actually been able to read the entire silmarillion i've gotten about a third of the way in. i'm gonna do it I'm planning to do, I'm it. do it. I'm planning to do it this summer. It's it's on my list. It's actually getting pretty close to one of the next things I'm going to read. Nice. So anyway, I'll, I'll actually talk about that when I get to it. But um, but yeah. So I think the books kind of off put people, but I think audiobooks are a great way to experience it. Yeah. Uh, so Harry Potter. So Harry Potter. They Has, also have. A, I think a, they a have a more there. elitist, like book elitist. Um, because there's definitely more. The books are better. I think it's probably more of a visibility problem because I think there are probably just more people that have read the Harry Potter books. That's fair. Um, it was some class in, I might've been in like a, I don't know, poli sci class that I took a couple years ago. And, um, the professor asked how many people had read Lord of the Rings and only like five people put up their hands in like a 30 person class. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was kind of surprising, but Harry Potter, you probably ask a, just your average college or high school class it's probably going to be at least like two-thirds who uh, have read i feel the books. like mo- and that's like all of the books if you yeah. ask anyone they will have attempted I sure feel. yeah like 95 yeah. of yeah, people pretty much i've read through four and mm-hmm. then never had a chance to read five because that mm-hmm. was that's the intimidating one. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i read them like 10 times each so yeah but it you were talking about the, them having more of book elitists like I, I can't say I've actually seen that very much. Do you have an example? It's, I mean, it's just if there's someone who's read the books and watched the movies, they're more likely to say the books are better. Yeah. And I, I mean, think you're I right. Think... I think it is a visibility issue that there are more people who have read the books for mm-hmm. Harry Potter than right. Lord of the Rings. Right. And I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying just per se that the books are better mm-hmm. because I think in most cases the books are just better, whatever movie it is. Um, but star wars well the books came after that's different yeah (laughs) (laughs) um the only one i can consistently come up with is wizard of oz where the movie's better the movie is better because it's a delightful musical and not monetarist propaganda yeah not monetarist that's not the right word i don't know what you're monetary policy propaganda i haven't read the books or the book 
yeah it's it's about the the silver slippers um like because silver monetary policy using silver was a thing okay in um the late 1800s slash early 1900s the whole free silver movement i paid attention in a push uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so i don't i don't think there's inherently a problem with saying that the the books are better than the movies because i think it's probably pretty generally accepted that books just are generally better than the movies yeah but the problem is when you say you're dumb for liking the movies or you're dumb for only having watched the movies yeah some people just don't like reading that much me yeah just be excited that they're a part of that culture in some way yeah get excited be be excited and happy and welcoming about the things you like don't don't push people away don't rick and morty there we go yeah there, there's our there's our moral moral of the story kids well i mean overarching moral of the story is just my philosophy don't be a dick good answer hey we've got a nice like overarching moral here we should we should see if we can get like public public broadcast funding and and <laughs> sell this to kids so they can don't learn good be messages a dick <laughs> daddy what's a dick <laughs> well that's all i got uh yep i think i can't think of any more i am sure that there are literally dozens of other fan bases with their own particular there's probably neuro one season there's probably one person who's like freaking out that we didn't talk about their fan base yep. maybe we'll do a part two i'm sure we, i'm actually we should do a part two after episode nine to see if the backlash does affect that movie That'd be a good idea. Yeah. And then at that point we can hit up any other fan bases that we need to talk about. Comment and tell or tweet. Tweet. Let's focus on tweeting yeah. this time. Tweet at us. Tweet us a different uh, a, a fan base that you want us to mm-hmm. talk about. Yep. Do we or... know what we're talking about next week? Let me go and check real quick. Mama da da mama da. Oop, whoops, I re- re- I reorganized my phone. Hang on. I don't think we have an episode for next week. Hmm. Oh, it's Deadpool. Oh, that's right. Do you have Deadpool comics you're gonna read? I don't actually. You should research I, some Deadpool. I'll, I'll do some research. Yeah. Okay. I'll have some. Because wow, that's talk about. that's coming out in like two weeks. God, we still gotta get tickets, don't we? Oh fuck, let's we do. do. That. Okay, let's do that like right now. Uh, All right. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can follow us on soundcloud and do the itunes thing uh don't forget to like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at just us losers pod if you want to send in something a little more involved than 140 characters we're also at just us losers pod at gmail.com so if you have any longer thoughts on our episode today or you want to talk about deadpool i'm not exactly sure what we're going to do for that yet but we're going to talk about deadpool next week uh we can we'll, we'll post uh something on our facebook page Mm-hmm. Uh, about kind of what we're going to talk about for Deadpool. Maybe yep. like your favorite storylines or what you like about Deadpool. Yeah, Let's yeah, that's that. good stuff. We can, um, we can integrate that some fucking hell. Sure, we'll <laughs> figure it out. Um, uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah, bye, so guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, bye. Yeah, we got everything right. I think we got everything. Bye.